You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to 3AM, where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. I'm one of your hosts, DJ Pasikala. What's the scariest thing that you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3AM is a result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, or personal experience, the validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. Are we recording? Yep, we're live. We are live. What's up? Welcome. Thanks for stopping through. Happy to have you again on another episode of 3AM. Uh, we're going to start off. We're trying something new. Uh, we're trying a jar of questions. These are spooky questions <laughs> that we ourselves wrote down and have had users submitted on our Instagram. So we're going to just pull it out of the jar. We're going to read the question, and we're just going to see where we all stand with, with, with the question. Yeah. So this episode's question is, if you had to choose one horror film to happen to you in real life, what would you choose? Chucky, so I can... <laughs> F up Chucky and not get murdered. A real horror story to happen. Like we had to choose one to live in. That's a, that's. I feel like the question should be if you should choose one not to live in. Because it's like if you choose one to live in, okay. No, no, no. The question is which one do you want to live in? That's specifically what Thanks the person killing. said. And the first, <laughs> the first two twenty seconds. I'm just kidding. Um, what was that one? Was it American Ghost Story or the <laughs> one, one where, he's under where they showed us how to create, recreate it? That was terrible. <laughs> okay, so the question is, if you had to choose one scary movie to live in, what would you live in? Correct. That was a good question. Because, like, for me, I'm going to choose the one that I can most likely survive in and wouldn't be the as scared, right? At least that's what I'm That thinking. makes sense. I would choose Happy Death Day, but I'd just be not the subject of the killing. <laughs> I'd be like her classmate who has no idea what's going on. Kind of explain Happy Death Day. The Happy Death Day is where this uh, it takes place in a college campus, and the main character is a girl who gets murdered by this mask-wearing freak and when she dies she wakes up from that same morning that she died in so it's like her her life resets and goes through again and she uses this advantage almost like a video game um so it's like lives groundhog's day i've never seen that oh that was like the original the day repeats itself oh was with it with bill yeah. murray oh okay. so he he wakes up on Groundhog's Day and he keeps reliving that day and he can't figure out why. So at some point he kind of gives up on life and just starts killing himself. <laughs> the first time I saw a movie like that was, I believe, The Day After Tomorrow with Tom Cruise. 
Live, die, repeat. Live, oh, die, yeah. repeat. <laughs> <laughs> it says it on the box, and so you think that's the title of the movie. <laughs> it's, it's like the <laughs> only poster, movie poster I actually remember. But yeah, happy, de- happy death day. That and was that trash movie we saw recently. The second, the sequel was trash. Oh, you saw the sequel? Happy Yo, death day. I thought day. it was fun, it. dog. The I thought it was, was fun. I'll, I'll go and see it. <laughs> it was so long. It was like fifty minutes longer than it needed to be. Sean, you saw it too. Yeah. So everyone saw it, not me. No. Yes. <laughs> We were like, speci- so anybody else want to talk? Like, <laughs> <laughs> don't invite DJ. Um, if I had to live in a horror movie, it'd probably be like Sorority Row. But like one of the dudes that goes over for the parties that doesn't get killed. Okay, for now on, let's say you have to be like the star or the. Yeah, you got to be like in the story. This is cheating. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I set that tone. Uh. I still go with Happy Death Day because that'd be kind of crazy to like you have that chance to keep going through it like what other horror movie do you get a second chance if you woke up today like today was your repeating day what would you change about your day and somebody killed me yeah like like you get you get killed the end of today and like you repeat all of this day again like looking back on it what would you change well I'd have a weapon on me probably so if you're listening right now you know that i'm unarmed and that i'm (laughs) most vulnerable right now uh i'm gonna go with and this is probably not this is definitely not the smartest choice i'm gonna go with my favorite scary movie ever and that is scream there's something about scream is like the best it's my most fun scary movie to watch it's such a classic uh, I, there's something about being in like high school or college and then having a masked villain trying to kill you and all your friends trying to figure out who it is a whodunit I love that sounds romantic uh, for me I was like I was like what's that uh, I, I just searched it I was like what's that Japanese battle royale movie and train, so to, I searched, train to Busan so I searched Japanese battle royale and it's oh, called battle that. royale oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like that. I wasn't going to share this, but I felt like I should because it's so ridiculous that that's, I searched it. That's the original Hunger Games, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Wild. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's a classic. I choose that one just because I want to get murdered by Japanese children. It's my dream. So you have like 15 scary movies to choose from. <laughs> Jordan is our resident weeaboo. <laughs> <laughs> For all of you out there. Shout out. Do you know there's a term equivalent to weeaboo for Japanese people who are really into Japanese culture? Aaron told me it one time, and I forgot. And that's what Aaron oh. is. <laughs> Sorry. Aaron, like, whispers it to you. He's like, this is it. Just don't tell anybody. <laughs> All right. Did everyone go? Did everyone feel good about their answer? Oh, do I have to choose a different one? Um, no, you don't. But, yeah, maybe you should. Okay. <laughs> um, recently, I just watched, again, 30 Days of Night. And that would be a dope one to live in. I think that I would do well in that type of scenario. You would. You, you got mean, the beard to match. Stay warm in the cold. Yeah. You wouldn't have to worry about surviving 30 days because you'd die early. <laughs> you'd be the grandma. It'd be like one bro, day. I'd be the main <laughs> bad guy. One probably. day and night. <laughs> Sean would run out there and be like, I want to join. He'd be the... <laughs> 
he'd be that fool who burns all the he'd be that fool who burns all the the cell phones and whatnot he's like the one who walks miles to get to the place because he knows they're coming and he like waits in the prison for him yeah we did watch that recently that is an intense one i swear i watch a lot of tv and movies but then when i'm with you guys i just (laughs) i'm at the bottom of the barrel then again groundhog's day is a common movie so (laughs) you haven't seen like sandlot either or something yeah bro don't yeah three have a weird uh, a weird history of movie watching you haven't seen american classics it's funny all right let's cut all of that and let's go into a story decent question good question that's actually pretty terrifying if you had to choose one but feel free to dm us your responses what movie you'd like to be in anybody got any stories yeah who wants to start actually i i can start if that's okay, okay. yeah just putting myself out there DJ's there's a like, movie that recently came out what were you gonna say did you have something to say <laughs> dj's like anyone want to start i'll start <laughs> <laughs> no one oh no one oh yeah okay yeah i have a story <laughs> you're right you're right okay um there is a movie that just came out that i haven't watched yet but i think all of you have velvet buzzsaw yep on netflix yep jordan have you seen it I don't think so, but I've seen so many things that, like, if you describe it, and I'm going to get excited that I have, so I really don't know. Have I seen it, Sean? Yeah, you Charles? watched it with, with us. us. I, f- I figured. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal. Art. And it's oh, the art. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. The it's an A24 film. It is? I think so. A24? Yeah. yeah. Wait. I think so. Maybe. A24, if you don't know. Hit or miss. A24, if you don't know. I feel like, from what I've seen so far... They've been killing it. They for for me with A twenty four, either it's going to be a super super dope movie, or it's a movie that tries to be super dope. So it's still like decently entertaining, but it's just like a little off. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I felt with the Jake Gyllenhaal movie. It's like there's elements of it that's like, oh, this is supposed to be artistic, but for some reason, I mean, I have to dig into it more. But maybe there was some writing or some plot structure storyline that just wasn't quite feeling it. But like the Lobster from A twenty four, love that movie. There's other there's other other random ones that I re- like. They're usually for me personally. I'll search A twenty four if I'm trying to watch like a good movie. But I mean, sometimes they can be kind of I don't know. They have fake good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're either straight hitters or straight shitters. <laughs> yeah, that's they got sure. Hereditary. They have The Witch so good hitters mm-hmm. but then they have velvet buzzsaw <laughs> velvet buzzsaw well it, in that case it's actually like about art like the dude works in a art museum right and there's paintings that have a history of hauntings whoever's owned the painting has do you want me to tell you T- tell me the main plot but don't give me any spoilers oh you haven't seen this i haven't yet. seen it yet. okay Okay, without ruining it, an intern or like a low-level worker at an art gallery comes into the possession of a collection that has supernatural properties. And those that collection starts coming to life. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. That was a good um, description without giving spoilers. Yeah. So, uh, I've been meaning to watch it, uh, but the story that I have, I have two stories, uh, are within the same vein. Uh, a buddy of mine, Kevin, who's from Utah, uh, he was visiting a family, 
uh, that he knew uh, who lived in a trailer park. Apparently, they're a really poor family, and they were just kind of hanging out in the living room of the trailer. And he starts hearing things in the back of the trailer, like the, the back room. This family was just the husband and the wife. And when they got there, they were like, oh, yeah, it's just us. Um, he started hearing noises in the back room and he was like, Oh, somebody here. And they're like, Oh no, don't worry about it. And he's like, okay. They just kept hanging. He continued. He, he stayed. Um, he starts hearing the noise again and he's like, are you sure nobody's back there? And they're like, Oh yeah, it's nothing. Just playing it off. This happened a few times. And the, the thing that tipped it over was, he looked down, I guess, the hallway of the trailer, and he could see the room in the back. Nobody was there, but he could hear noises, and leaning against the wall was this painting. He could hear the noise again, and then he watched the painting that was leaning on the wall stand straight up. And oh, what? From there, he, he left. He's like, I'm leaving. <laughs> Bye. And that was it. Holy There's nothing else to that story. That that's all he gave me. And that's all that happened. So But they didn't say anything after he's like, No, I'm I'm out. No. No, he didn't want to deal with it anymore because they were playing it off before that. So he didn't really care what they had to say after. For him, like cause, cause he he hears the noise, right, and it spooks him out or whatever, and he asks them and they're like, Oh, don't worry about it. What was like his first you know, what, what was he thinking it was and when it kept reoccurring? He thought somebody else was there with them. So he, at one point, looked down the hall and he could see all the way down to the end of the trailer. Mm-hmm. And he saw a painting that was leaning against the wall. No one's helping it. Just stands straight up and balance itself in the middle of the room. Correct. Well, something was helping it. <laughs> Dude, I would, I, I would be out too. That's, I'd be like, yeah, oh, I, could, I gotta go. How does someone in an RV afford a haunted painting? Is my <laughs> first keep, question. Why are they keeping that? And I wonder. We'll never know like the history behind that, but who owned that painting? What the painting is of? If they created it, I don't know. It's just, dude. Why are like paintings like sometimes super creepy? Like like you hear a lot of different stories about paintings. And like stuff that's happened to people that that have owned those, and like, like why? That's actually I I wanted to ask that question. Do you guys believe that objects can get haunted, or objects can get cursed, or possess like power? Yeah, or like Annabelle, right? You know that r- in that scary movie Annabelle, like the doll mm-hmm. gets possessed yeah. or whatever, and that room full of trinkets that have been collected, and they all have like dark things attached to them. Do you guys think objects? can have power can get haunted for me like thinking about that question like think about a kid with like their prized possession and how much joy it brings them and i think the same kind of thing could be um the opposite there's noises happening in this room right now (laughs) that was creepy (laughs) but i think definitely like definitely they can like use it as like a conduit but also like negative energy like we were talking about imprinting before I think like if because of deaths or murders, I think you can have negative imprinting on objects that were used or near it. Um, I don't know why, but I think definitely. Or it's like 
it's a you give it power by like thinking that object has power maybe too i don't know funny thing is that question goes right into what i was gonna talk about tonight perfect um and this show is sponsored by better help we all carry around different stressors big and small when we keep them bottled up it can start to affect us negatively I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light, lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you are needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give better help a try. Uh, we want to hook you up. Um, by getting it off your chest uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet, uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am and you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash 3am. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Basically, like last week was kind of warm. I was thinking about going out hiking and looked at a bunch of stuff in southern Utah and came across Escalante National Forest, the petrified forest. And I was like, ooh, that's that's like something maybe I should look into. Was looking into like details and got into the curse of the Escalante National Forest. The curse is people take the petrified wood and then the park rangers report people sending it back, saying that they brought a curse with them. So I actually did a bunch of re- research and found a couple of letters that people sent to the park rangers. Book, book, book. Quick question. Um, if you were able to steal some wood and then give it to someone else, who's getting haunted? Is it both of you or is it just the person that carries the wood? I'm not sure. Or I think it, taker? it is the taker is what has kind of come up but like sean i actually i've heard about like this and i've heard people sending it back yeah it's wild so i'm just gonna read like some of the letters that i found so like this one it said uh i am writing this letter in hopes of easing my conscience and saving the most important thing in my life my marriage against my better judgment i removed three rocks which my husband discovered hidden Since then, being a true Christian, he has constantly told me of my wrongdoing, and I'm afraid that our marriage is on the rocks, no pun intended. I want all of my eight children to see the park in the same condition that I saw it in. So, in her opinion, like, that was leading to the kind of failing of her marriage, but there's one that said, I'm not superstitious, but a year later, my husband was killed in an airplane crash not far from your facility. Since then, my life has been in turmoil. I just want to get rid of this reminder. Please put it back where it belongs. And this has happened over and over again. Now, the funny thing, as I was kind of looking into it, was that 
the park rangers used to display all of the letters and rocks like right there in the visitor center to kind of discourage people from taking and what it caused was more people taking to kind of prove that they wouldn't be cursed almost dude what is it about humans where it's like they have to test the boundaries because <laughs> if you tell them no they're, they're gonna, gonna do it. it now recently from what i heard though was that they started taking that stuff down now i don't know if they took it all down or what the situation is currently but what they would do now is they would go and like take pictures out in like the national forest just to kind of see if anything had moved and it would be the same. So, like, there weren't any, wasn't anything missing now more so than before when they've taken it down. So, it's like the belief that there is a curse almost caused it. Mm, they that were like building it. Yeah. And then when bad things would happen to people, they would almost attribute it to the curse rather than bad things just happen. When you were sharing about that marriage, it seemed like they had problems prior to the rocks. <laughs> the fact that the true Christian husband was upset that she stole rocks, and that was the issue with their marriage. That's true. I think there's something else going on. The other one seems saying. a little more intense, like the, the plane crash close to the facility. I don't know what that's about, but <laughs> that, one's, that one might actually be a curse. <laughs> but it, it was weird. I, uh, reading through it, I was like, this is kind of strange how this occurs and like what people's mindset is about it that's really similar that's exactly the same thing as uh a few things in hawaii actually um for a long time and i haven't lived in hawaii for almost 10 years now um i've just been living on the mainland uh ever since i I graduated from from high school but for the longest time the locals believed that you shouldn't take lava rocks or sand home which a lot of tourists do and i could see why you know just like some type of souvenir in hawaiian culture we really teach that you should only take what you need and not what you want so there's no reason why people need a lava rock or sand that's going to sit on their bookshelf just collecting dust you know but people have done the same thing people have taken lava rocks home sand and they'll mail it back because their family's been cursed or different things have happened so pretty much the same thing like to answer your initial question i don't know if i believe in items being cursed as much as you attribute bad things to happening when you feel guilt at least in my situation like where i'm talking about these or maybe even the the, the lava rocks and sand that's just how it seems but like that's not even that's not even counting i don't know annabelle doll or some of the stuff in freaking conjuring movie i think inanimate objects inherently they're not bad they're not good they're just an object they can't act on its own but almost like i feel like people and maybe events people can give power to anything they want i don't know if it's an actual transfer of power or if it in their mind it's like this thing is bad or this thing is good you could say think about you can think about like a cross you know at the end of the day to me it's just like a piece of wood but if somebody who's wearing a cross like a cross chain (laughs) if it's just like jewelry to Jesus piece yeah that Jesus piece to flex on other people or if it's like somebody who's a devout religious person 
and they use it as like a symbol of hope like it can be powerful in that sense and have power does that make sense my thought too is the placebo effect is real and it's measurable and that's like power of the mind and i think it can work both ways positively to help you get over an illness or negatively when you start believing something is evil and has power over you i think you feed it and it can grow yeah i agree or you can believe you're cursed yeah i feel like we're all on the same page about that the second story i have is somewhat similar a buddy of mine will my favorite part about him telling this story is i could see that he was visually like scared while telling this story when he told me he was like nobody i swear nobody believes me when i share this story but uh this took place while he was living in japan right before he was about to come home him and the other people they were with they went out shopping for some souvenirs i guess one of the kids found a painting of an old samurai he's like this is really sick i I want this you know so he buys it they bring it home when they're done shopping for the day and we'll describe the time as summer so it's hot in japan and they're in tokyo so tokyo gets really hot in the summer i think his there the place that they were staying at had air conditioning but he woke up in the middle of the night because it was freezing cold to the point where he could see his breath and i've never been in air conditioning where i could see my own breath (laughs) Um, unless i'm like standing right at the vent and it's the coldest it can be but he just wakes up and he he can start he sees his breath but the painting started shaking and just started like yeah just started like vibrating on the wall and he grabbed the painting and he threw it out of the window <laughs> and he was terrified he didn't he didn't know what else to do he just knew he didn't want that painting in the room smart yeah they, <laughs> i feel like that's the right reaction <laughs> mvp over here yeah. like it starts shaking in middle night throws it i would just pretend like i was still asleep and not saw it <laughs> but all the other kids and no one else woke up or huh. noticed anything so he he woke they woke up in the morning and he just described it as like, I threw it out the window because I woke up and it was shaking in the middle of the night and it just felt not good. So Dude, I got, been, I got rid of it. It must've been shaking enough to like be concerning because it could be like rattling, like, oh, that's weird, but it must've been like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And for it to be the only thing like rattling or shaking in the room. And he just bought it. Like, think about anything you just buy. You're super stoked that you have this new thing, and he's willing to throw it away within hours of just <laughs> buying it. <laughs> he's like, don't need you. But, yeah, that was the story. That's wild. When you said he woke up and he could see his breath, that reminds me of the scene in The Sixth Sense. Which I've also not seen. <clears throat> what? Okay, if you're like DJ... <laughs> And haven't seen this movie. Basically, it's a young child who can see ghosts. And when a ghost is around, the temperature drops super dramatically. And the, the, I, didn't, I didn't pee at night for 15 years because of this scene. <laughs> so Cole wakes up in the middle of the night, pitch black in his house. And you can tell he's like, 
you can tell he's super hesitant and he's like he's troubled it's because he has to pee but he doesn't want to get out of bed so finally he gets out of bed goes and pees and as he's peeing you see the camera's like looking into the bathroom and a figure walks by the open door of the bathroom Mm. and cole like kind of senses something and looks behind his shoulder then he goes over into the kitchen and he sees his mom standing with his back to him and he's like relief and then his mom turns around and it's not his mom and it's a dead lady and her wrists are cut she like runs at him she's like look what you made me do and he runs back gets into his gets into his tent and as he's breathing and crying you see his breath like coming out you see his breath because it's cold oh my god and so that's what it reminded me of damn that's me at 27 years old (laughs) not wanting to get out of the bed at night to pee straight up you need to take care of that beforehand i know i'm like pee right now i'll just stand on the toilet and wait until it if comes there's out. one public service announcement anything you take away from us is if you're about to fall asleep and you feel like you have to pee just do just it. go now dude especially camping like oh, oh for just real. do it yeah you don't want to get into your sleeping bag into like your 15 layers and stuff <laughs> <laughs> waking up everyone else and then there's probably not just ghosts but bears mountain lions like actual things that can wolves, hurt you <laughs> serial killers they live in the forest weirdly enough i i kind of have a story that has to do with paintings as well i have a friend who is from australia and he met this guy who invited who invited him out to his property to just so he met this guy and he started talking to him and he actually went to where this guy lived and he lived out in the middle of nowhere. Like you had to drive maybe two hours to get out to where he was. Is this like desert or like mountains? Oh, it's outback. It's the bush. It's the bush. It's the bush in Australia. So if you want Google, no, don't Google the bush. Don't Google the bush. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Google the bush. It's like, make sure you're in a public area. <laughs> Only on the library. So he's out in the bush. That's what Aussies call it. Uh, It's like red dirt, super remote. There's nothing out there. So he lives way out there. And my friend goes out there and he starts talking to him. He said, this guy met him at his property gate, which was like a couple hundred yards from the house. Like super. So he opened the gate, brought him in. He had a big dog with him. He went up to his property. The guy greeted him. The guy was super nice, super normal and he went into the he went to the house they he like gave him food and water and they're just chatting and it was kind of light and as the conversation went on the guy stopped talking so much and eventually he just looked over at him and he goes all right i'm gonna tell you my story and my friend said it was weird like the 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 energy in the room just changed and he said at one point in my life i was a foot soldier for satan excuse me (laughs) satan the devil lucifer and my friend was like oh what (laughs) like he said this was this was like out of left field all of a sudden he said at the beginning the guy's super normal looking him in the eyes super like and then all of a sudden he just stops turns to him and says okay i'm gonna tell you my story and he said he like locked eyes with him and he wasn't breaking it my friend's like uh okay And he said, when I was in my young teens, I moved to Southeast Asia and I started getting into businesses like trading people. Okay. So (laughs) 
And he said, I was really good at it. And I made a lot of money. And I actively started to try and break every commandment I could. So he, he's in this business. He's, he's dealing drugs. He's dealing people. He's, talk, he's talking to the scum of the earth. And he, he loves it. And he's really good at it. He loves the culture around it or the money or both? Everything. The power, the culture, the money. Damn. Yeah. I think I think mainly the power. But he said he was really good at it. Just being bad. And, and he said, I would consciously try to do bad things. And he said it just grew and grew to the point where he was like at the height of his power. And he had everything he wanted. Anything he wanted he could have. And he would buy things at a whim, whatever he wanted, cars, people, yeah, super dark stuff. And he goes into the shop one day and he said, I want, I went into the shop and I looked at all this art. This guy had an amazing collection and I went behind the counter. I went in the back rooms. I didn't care. When he went in the back room, he said he looked behind a stack of paintings and there was one. And right when he saw it, he said, I knew I had to have it. And he said it was titled like Satan and the nine Lords of chaos. (laughs) So if you know anything about Catholicism, there is, you know, um, or, or the Bible and stuff, there is a structure to God's church. Like there's apostles and prophets and, and things like that. Cardinals and popes. And on the opposite side, Satan has a hierarchy in his ranks. And in Catholicism, it's the nine lords of chaos. That's what someone told me. And he said when he saw it, he was drawn to it immediately. And he's like, I need this painting. So he grabbed it, pulled it out, and took it to the shop owner. And it was like, how much? And the shop owner looked at him and looked at the painting. He was like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't sell this painting. No, this painting's not for sale. And the guy's like, name your price. Like, well, how much? I don't care how much you say. I'm going to buy this painting. He doesn't explain how, but he walks away from that shop with the painting. And he said the second that painting came into his possession, his whole life changed. Everything was different. He could feel a presence. So when he was doing things, bad things, he felt like someone was there with him doing them or watching and encouraging now, okay, take this for a grain of salt. There are crazy people out there, but put yourself in my friend's situation. He's sitting in a way remote place with someone he doesn't really know, who he thought was normal, and now he's sharing this story with him with all the conviction in his heart. So the man says, I was doing these things, and it escalated to the point where Satan visited me and said, he visited me in, in the night. And at first it was just a voice and it was, we want to use your body. Will you let us? And he said, yes, I gave him permission. And so he would leave his body. He'd watch these spirits rush into the body and do things. And then after like an hour or whatever they were done, they would all go out and then he'd go back in. So that started slowly. And then they started asking him more and more to points where like he wouldn't have his body for 24 hours, 48 hours. At one point, 
he sees a friend. A friend comes and visits him in Southeast Asia who he hasn't seen for years. And he could tell his friend's not down with a lot of the things that are happening. And he's like, oh, I wonder why. <laughs> Rightfully so. He's like, dude, I think you need to chill on like the trafficking thing. <laughs> oh, shit. That's not oh, that kosher, dog. <laughs> you also speak in six different voices. <laughs> all in Latin. He's like, your eyes are glowing red. Um, it's concerning. <laughs> No, but uh, so his friend, his friend comes and visits and his friend very quickly realizes like he doesn't know this person. And he said he confronts, he said, my friend confronted me in a parked car and said, what's going on? And so he decided to come clean and he said, I am a foot soldier for Satan. Like that's the title he's given me. And his friend's like, what the hell are you talking about? And he said, he's given me power. I can do things. His friend's like, dude, you're, you're starting to freak me out. And he said he grabbed the steering wheel and looked at it, and the steering wheel lit on fire. Oh my gosh! And his friend go like starts screaming, and then he he like he puts his rubs his hands on it, and the fire's gone. And his friend left. I was like, nope. And then he said at night the angels dark angels would come to him and they would start teaching him things so they would take him away from his body and show him how the world works so they'd show him things like this is where spirits came from and when you die this is where spirits go and they pass through this veil and we wait here and this is where we catch them and pull them away so they're teaching him things about the world about how things work at one point it gets so bad they stop asking for permission to get into his body so he'll be there and all of a sudden they rip him out of his body and they rush and he sees thousands of spirits rushing in and they won't let him back in and he has to physically fight his way back in so at one point he starts thinking i don't like this i don't care how much power they're giving me i don't want this anymore i want to get out of this life i don't want to sell drugs i don't want to be in this he doesn't voice this though He's just thinking these things. Trying to give Satan his like two weeks or something. <laughs> yeah, good luck, mate. Eviction notice. <laughs> so he doesn't say this out loud. He's just are having, he's having these thoughts. He's beginning to have these thoughts of wanting out. He doesn't like it. So finally, it gets to a point where he vocally says, I'm done. No more. I don't want this. And he said, from that second, he was under constant attack. So they would jump into him and throw him into walls. If he was walking by a ledge, they'd jump into him and like try to throw him off the ledge. So he was beat up. Like he hit, he said he had gouges across. They would try to stab himself. He was like, he said for about a year, he was under constant attack by these spirits. Finally, he said he found someone who helped him who protected him. That's why he moved to Australia. And, and then he looks at my friend who is terrified, visibly shaken. And he said, it's okay though. You're safe here. You're safe on this ground. I've blessed it. They can't come here. And my friend was like, Oh, um, thank you for the water. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for the food. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to get going. And he left. He was like, no, I'm not doing that. But he was safe there. (laughs) 
Oh, don't worry. The, yeah, the dude's like, you're safe here. And I'm supposed to be like, oh, cool, good. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, let's stay. But regardless if that's real or not, you're sitting in the room with someone who does believe that's real. And I think that's enough to be terrifying. Because at that point, it's out of your control. You know, I mean, when things are out of your control, that's when it's the most terrifying, at least to me. Also, foot soldier, like that's like a lame ass position to get. (laughs) I was thinking the same thing. I was not doing anything less than a captain. Yeah. I'm getting at least a sergeant, first class sergeant. (laughs) He legit said that was like the, that was the title that we nah. that Lucifer gave him. <laughs> private like no nah, if you you want to use this you ain't got you ain't got one of these so she got feel like <laughs> because if he was like master chief oh, levels then he doesn't know power yet he thought he knew power <laughs> can, can i be the actually actually i was thinking i'd be more of a master chief not a foot soldier <laughs> um as interesting he kept talking about the like he kept saying like a rushing feeling um i was talking with my grandpa's brother which i think is considered your great uncle i believe is what the term is i don't know sure just my mom's uncle um but he uh he's been doing like paranormal investigation or like he just said ghost hunting i he's he's super cool i was talking to him and he did ghost hunting for 12 to 15 years and he'll still go on like uh I would say like consulting type trips. Like there's a, he said there's multiple organizations who do like ghost research in his area. Who'll just like call him up just cause they know he's super experienced and he, and he just has like a lot of knowledge and experience with it all. What area? Like where does he live? It's in Indiana. So, um, he has stories from all the surrounding areas, Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, a lot of native American stuff out there with it being the Midwest, as well as, you know, just, like pioneers and just you know chicago's an old city and so just a various mobsters too yeah yeah and um and yeah so he was um but i know he worked with uh gathering evidence for like crime scene cases so i think he did some csi type stuff and so basically he was just telling the story where he was with a police officer downstairs in a basement and they were just going over a lot of this um evidence from a case that they had just wrapped up and he was about to get it all taken care of to, to take upstairs and as he was um as he was down there he kind of just felt this uh rushing sensation and when he said he said he shared a, a few other stories too and anytime he shared when he was around any type of paranormal um or just kind of like you, he felt ghosts he always explained it as like a rushing feeling where it felt like a large group was just kind of like moving or like he said bum rushing. Um, so mm. he just <laughs> also a term I use. So I, oh, I know I that. that. I know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, yeah, that rushing feeling. So he, he, my, um, my uncle would always explain the rushing feeling when anytime him and his friend, he, uh, his friend Ryan, he did a lot of research with Ryan as well. And both of them, they have multiple stories where they'll be in a place and one of them will feel the rushing sensation or see something and then they won't say it and then they get off of it and the other person will say it. 
So they, they call it like the rushing feeling. Yeah. He kept saying like rushing feeling or it was like, he felt like a group of uh, a large group of people were just kind of rushing in or just like he always, yeah, a rushing, like an, it seems like an intense type of like energy force, like moving to him or just like feeling it in the room. And so one story, he wasn't doing any research. He was just, um, he has background in some crime scene investigation. And so he was down um, in like a, um, like a basement where they keep a, like a lot of inventory and just um, evidence found in different cases. And so they're just wrapping up some research. So he like worked with the police. Yeah, yeah. And this is separate from his ghost hunting. Um, but he, he also just told the story because it was kind of crazy. But so he's working with the police department, um, we're figuring out some uh, crime scene investigation stuff. They're going through this evidence, just collecting it, getting it all ready to send upstairs. He feels kind of the rushing sensation. Sometimes he says he feels headaches when when it happens as well. Um, but he kind of feels that sensation. And there's just a ton of miscellaneous stuff in there. So it's not just like a room and a couple boxes. Like there's a quite a few boxes. He doesn't know what everything is. The police officer doesn't know what everything is in there. And so he says he's standing there. And the police officer, I think, was busy in like the corner or something. And he looks over and just super visible right in front of him in like a grayish suit, grayish figure was like this man just sitting there. Like he didn't know who he was. Yeah. He just, he just looked over and there's a guy in a, in a suit and it's not, and he's not like from, he's not like with them, nor is he really dressed like the day. Like it's like a cut, like 10, 15 years older. Like he's just standing there silently. He's just kind of standing there silently, but looking to the East wall. So he sees it staring, and then he, of course, he sees it staring. He looks over to the east wall, looks back, no longer there. And so he's like... The dude disappears. <laughs> yeah, so... In a split second. Yeah, so the dude appears. He sees the pe- dude looking at the east wall, looks at the east wall. The suited figure is now gone. That's when you start running from the east wall. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, what he did, so he goes over to the east wall, and he finds a box up there. And he's like, oh, that's interesting. And it's like, clearly, this is what the dude was looking at. Like, he says, there's no question to me. This is what he was looking at. This is what it was. Looks up at the box. And he turns to the police officer and goes, hey, what's in this box? And the police officer says, it's a box of unknown human remains. And my uncle goes, oh, I think I know. I think I know what one of them looks like. <laughs> so- but uh but he goes yeah he was super crazy because the police officer didn't see him and something he talks about a lot is just the the issue when you see it and no one else sees it and you're like what like that happened and so he really he really likes working with this ryan guy because he his 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 uh partner because he seems to be very in tune as well but i thought that one was super crazy um you know he's just in there working late at night and you just see someone looking at their human remains but but with the rushing, another another experience that he had, they were in New Albany, Indiana. And a little background for like my where my grandparents grew up and and with my uncle here, um, they grew up in farming community. So they they had a huge ranch, they had chicken, they, you know, they had animals, all that stuff. And he said him and his younger sister were super into like horror horror stories horror horror movies scary stories when they were younger as they grew up they started getting more involved with other organizations he said his sister started getting involved with a local group 
um, I think right out of high school, and that kind of got them into investigating more. And he said his issues with those is they always had too many people in their investigations. So then they kind of branched off and started doing their own solo thing. And he said, usually when it was less people, they had a lot more crazier experiences. But one thing that they did, they were investigating this house for this lady out in New Albany, Indiana. And this was with his um, partner, Ryan. And they go down into the basement. My uncle said, as they're in the basement, he feels that rushing sensation, just a ton of pressure. Again, it felt like just a ton of people just kind of rushing in. And he didn't say anything. He's just thinking that. And then audibly, his partner Ryan goes, I know there are a lot of people in here. And he was just like, uh, yes. <laughs> um, so they kind of feel that. They go upstairs. They're meeting with the lady, just talking with her. Um, he also kind of explains that he, while they were sitting there, he was having like the headache kind of after effect of like the rushing he says he'll get like a headache from it as well and then out of the blue ryan goes do you have a corgi and the lady goes oh yeah we had we used to have a dog a corgi and so like he like had seen the dog or something like something crazy just brings up do you guys have a corgi and then uh my uncle Dwayne, he said that a lot of times while they're investigating, so he's sitting there talking with the lady. They're just trying to figure out more, maybe why this is happening, what's going on with it. As he's sitting there, the color orange kind of appears in his mind with the lettering Betty. And so he goes, does the color orange mean anything to you? And she's like, no. And he's like, oh, that's interesting. Especially since like the Corgi hit, right? Ryan saw a Corgi. She's like, oh yeah, we used to have a Corgi, right? Like he thinks he's on a roll <laughs> and then the spirit's like break check him <laughs> exactly <laughs> slow your roll little homie he's like do you guys really like orange <laughs> um that is the most vile color <laughs> she's like i love doritos <laughs> um yeah so then uh he goes well does the name betty mean anything to you and she goes oh my gosh that's like one of my best friends she's my neighbor she passed away a week ago. So is she not like, <laughs> she's just rolling with this. She's like, okay, with all these, this guy just pulling things out of thin air. And she's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> well, was, were, was she, were they invited there to do like investigation by this lady or? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. I believe so. But yeah, so she, she, they were there investigating. Like, oh, well, and I don't think it was a huge surprise for her because she'd been experiencing these things, right? Got you. But it was a surprise for them that they were like hitting all these targets, right? They're like, oh, do you have a corgi? Yeah. Well, she didn't tell them that. Same thing with the orange and Betty. Like, he didn't know who Betty was coming into it. And so just a lot of crazy coincidences like that with that. With that. You know what I think I'm going to get into is ghost hunting or fortune telling. Be like, does the letter L mean anything to you? I was in love once. <laughs> Whoa! Yes, I totally knew that. You were in love once. Was it a boy or a girl? It was one of those things. Oh, shoot! It was one of those things. <laughs> Psych! That's the wrong number. <laughs> Have you ever experienced sleepiness, hunger, love, fatigue? <laughs> Any one of those things? Have you ever been happy or sad? Wait, wait. Have you, you've had a mother in the past? No way. <laughs> and she was motherly? Maybe just a fortune telling for me, actually. <laughs> I think I can make some good money on that one. So 
it's it's kind of crazy you said rushing it's a rushing feeling i met this lady in australia who shared an experience with me she said before she even knew what it was when she was younger she would astral plane and if you don't know what astral planing is what it is is when your spirit leaves your body and you're conscious of it so a lot of people say they go and visit family members or they can see their body floating in the room like they're floating in the room they look down they can see their body so this is what this lady used to do she used to do it where she would just wake up in the middle of the night and she'd be floating above her bed and it started like that and after a while she kind of got like more control of it more control of the situation so she would start going a little further from her body until one time she floated far enough like way up way 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 up and she looked down she could see her body and as she's looking at her body she feels this rushing sound and she said those words she said i felt this rushing all around me and this loud noise getting louder and louder like a train was coming and she looks down and and, and with the sound comes fear she was terrified and she looks down at her body she sees all these dark figures crawling up trying to get into her body and she said she's pulling away further and further from her body and she tries with all of her might and she starts going towards her body and she said she gets in at the last second before she felt like it hit her and she's like sat straight up and she said she never left her body again rightfully so (laughs) Um. but it was just weird you said the rushing because that's exactly what she described it as was this rushing noise and she looked down and she saw all of these dark things trying to get into her body that's That's crazy have any of you guys experienced that personally like a rushing rushing sensation when you've been creeped out actually i i i haven't but i know a friend uh who has uh it's carrie actually and she lived in a house that they were convinced it was haunted and one of the weirdest things that happened was their they didn't have a dryer so they would hang up their clothes to dry them and this was like in the front yard but their house had a gate and a wall um and there was no way really to get in unless you had the key their laundry would get stolen like their underwear would get stolen and they're like that's really weird we have somebody following us um so they decided to like stake it out one night they turned off all the lights and they were at the window of their house looking out to the front yard just kind of like waiting they had their snacks just trying to like <laughs> pull off an all-nighter dude so they like they set up yeah they were, ready. <laughs> they were like we're gonna catch this person i don't know if they were armed or had anything with them but they ended up falling asleep and dude worst cops ever either (laughs) right right either her or her roommate woke up first and woke up the other one shaking them say hey hey look and they didn't see anything but their clothes were missing so in that time that they were sleeping and they didn't mention how long that they were sleeping for 
but in that time their clothes got stolen now they had a second story or the second floor to this house that they never went to because everything they needed was downstairs their bedroom the kitchen um so upstairs wasn't in use but mainly (laughs) they didn't go up there because it was super super creepy and they would hear things um upstairs and and whatnot carrie ended up going up one night and she went to go check it out and she mentioned how the room felt like it was full of people and she felt like the way she described it to me was every single person in that room did not want me there and they all hated me and i felt that hate she got so scared to the point where she started to pray she actually fainted but her roommate was there i guess took care of her and when she woke up she felt like those spirits or the people quote unquote in that room they weren't there anymore um but she said when she was up there she felt everybody like just rushing in on her or she just felt it was like tangible almost the feeling of hate and like a haunted bear hug Mm. that's crazy dude that's weird i actually i won't tell it now but i do have a story about someone feeling like they described it as the room being full of people that they couldn't see and they had they all had this hatred towards them too like same thing that's crazy i love when they're like when you tell stories and they're very like all of our stories have been from like third party right they haven't been any of us personally but they've felt the same things right like the rushing the full room full of people or like the hate you know like that's so crazy you're like there's no way the fact that you're feeling these things there's got to be some kind of connection to that you know yeah and that's why i asked that and i think it was episode three it was like there has to be like an origin to this like what was the first time this story came about you know and where did it happen how um so have you any of you ever fainted that's gonna be a no for me dog i've been choked out but i've never fainted i've never fainted me neither i can't imagine what that's like like when you see or hear someone getting so scared so overwhelmed they just faint i've i don't know what that's like i have no idea what that's like yeah that is like that's like hard to imagine for me personally like being so overwhelmed that you faint like i'm trying to think of like to what what would i have to be up against for that to happen like what would push you mentally or emotionally to get to that point where you break yeah so like your brain just shuts off what kind of mechanism is that why would it do that i feel like personally i should have already reached that point <laughs> so the fact that i haven't fainted yet is terrifying because it means that there's more your threshold's bigger <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. spirits are like you can handle more <laughs> you want to faint anyway so your your story about fainting reminded me of a story so i met this guy i had dinner with him in australia he had he served a mission in indonesia and he said he was about a year out on his mission he was in his kitchen the homes are super third world 
and there's like power lines on the outside and it goes down the middle of the street and from the power line there is a cord that just goes straight to your house and that's how you get power so in his kitchen everything's hooked up to this cord and sometimes it would like fall out or sometimes it would get disconnected and everything would turn off so his roommate was in the next room and he was in the kitchen and the cord had fallen out and so he stood up on a chair and he grabbed the cord and he's plugging it in and as he's plugging it in he gets shocked and he falls super hard from on top of a chair and smashes his head into the ground out completely out so he's completely he's gone to the world his roommate didn't know was in the other room for like an hour or two and when he finally realized like his his roommate is not making noise he's not he's not around he's not walking or anything he goes into the room and he's sitting there like in a pile of blood passed out on the floor so he freaks out he like calls paramedics he calls try to get help so they rush him to the hospital and he's in a coma and he, they someone they find his parents information they call his parents who are back in australia kind of explain to him the situation and he wakes up after like three days of being in a coma and he has no idea who he is where he is who anyone is or any memory he is completely wiped and so they start telling him like this is your name and he's like huh he remembers how to speak he remembers what humans are but zero memories so they start telling him this is your name this is what you're doing this is why you're in indonesia and he's like what and his parents have got there by that time and they come in doesn't recognize him at all and they have to explain to him where your parents i'm your father this is your mother and he just has to trust everyone and he said he like he felt completely lost he had no idea what to believe or feel until finally someone thought he keeps a journal give him his journal and he said i had never kept a journal in my entire life i thought it was dumb the second i moved to indonesia i kept the most detailed journal i've like i've ever seen and i had no idea why just i always felt like i needed to write everything down and so he he said he felt lost he didn't trust anyone he didn't trust this person who was saying i'm your father he didn't trust this woman who was saying i'm your mother he didn't trust anyone he felt so lost until finally he's looking over his journal and he starts recognizing this is my handwriting this is my voice these this is how my thoughts think so he starts at the beginning and just reads this whole journal and he starts to learn like who he is what were what was important to him and he said when i when i was keeping my journal i felt compelled apparently to write down things like i believe and i know are true and so he said he taught himself what he believes and who he is and like the things he finds most important in his life and he said without that journal i would have been lost and gone but i was able to like bring myself back they take him home 
um, he can't live in Indonesia anymore. And they, it's like his first day back and it's Sunday. So they go to church and he's sitting in a huge congregation of Australian people and he's looking around. He's like super uncomfortable. And his parents like, what's the matter? What's the matter? Are you okay? And he's like, I don't, there, there's so many white people here. I can't do this. And they're like, son, you're white. (laughs) That was like me when I moved to Utah. I was like, there are so many white people here. (laughs) And he's like, you're white. I was like, well, (laughs) right. (laughs) But he like, he he said, they told him that and he didn't. He's like, no, I'm not. And they got, they like got him a mirror and stuff and showed him. They're like, you're white. And he was like, well, he was, he blown. He thought he was Indonesian (laughs) for like a couple weeks. So this dude didn't know anything like his birthday. White. Everything. I think he remembered memories of when he was like up till like eight and that's it what if it's not him and he's being possessed by something else (laughs) dude that'd be wild but he said he got home he sees his he has to relearn who his siblings are and they think it's hilarious (laughs) so they it's like it's getting close to december and they're like oh like we're excited for christmas and he's like what's christmas And they're like what's christmas damn and he's like there's this big white guy (laughs) who comes and he's like what he comes and he comes down your chimney and he puts presents and he's like what this is a thing yeah we leave cookies out for him and he totally believed it oh my god and then his mom was like that's not true they're messing with you dude that Uh, disclaimer that that makes it sound worth it (laughs) that makes it sound worth it i kind of want my memory i was gonna say how exactly did this happen again electric shock yeah, we could go try it. I'll shock you, and you dive off Do the counter. Do you think that this would work with a <laughs> fork in an outlet? No, because my funny story about forks and outlets, I have cousins who, because they would mess around with that as children, their parents would stick their fingers into outlets so they would shock their kids so they would learn not to use it. Dude, CPS. <laughs> oh CPS. And you know this direction very well. Real quick, though, just sitting with that guy, it was insane. And I thought, you know, there is something to recording your life. So if you're out there and you've ever thought about it, yeah, just write things down, take photos. They're things you'll treasure forever. But uh, people ask him all the time, like, so did you like remember before? And he was like, think about what you're asking me. I remembered nothing. I don't remember anything. I still don't know. All I know is what I've been told. That's so crazy to live like that. Bro. That's Shutter Island, dude. I'd be screwed yeah. straight up. The last time I wrote in a journal was like 15 years ago, and it was probably like, I ate pizza. So, what you can take away from us here at 3 a.m. So far, if you listen to our previous episodes, come up with a personalized password that only you know share it with no one this will be useful when your doppelganger confronts you second keep a journal in case your memory in case your memory gets wiped because you're gonna need if you're out ever out in a dimly lit foggy road in the middle of nowhere and you see a stroller don't investigate (laughs) yeah Full, be full like, speed ahead. <laughs> Skirt. Y'all really be like them white people investigating mysterious abandoned things at night. People don't need help at 3 a.m. in the darkness. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys.
Thanks. As always, please send us in your stories. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, one of the joys in my life, one of the f- my favorite things to do is just ask people, what's your best scary story? And it's weird, but you don't even have to know someone and they will just go right into it if they're the right type of person. So that's our question to you guys. What's your best scary story? Something that's happened to you, something that's happened to someone you know, or just something in your life. You can write it into us at 3ampodcaststories at gmail.com. We'd love to read them. Or hit us up on Instagram. You can shoot us through the DM, uh, 3am.podcast. That would work too. Either way, we want to hear your story. So, And you can listen and download these podcasts on any podcast platform that you use. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Do you hear that? No. Yes. I think we're going to go check that out. So, in the meantime, be safe. Watch out. Be good. Stay haunted. What do you think about that? We can do something like that. Let's try it. Let's see. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify and all the usual suspects. My name is Bill Huffman and I am a former Cleveland News producer. And I am now the host of the podcast, Who Killed? I began the show focusing on the unsolved murder of Amy Mihaljevic, and now each week I explore a different case with a focus on some of the victims who don't get the attention they deserve. I have a deep catalog of over 225 episodes, so there is a guarantee there will be something for you. Who Killed is an Evergreen Podcasts, Killer Podcasts, and Slow Burn Media production. Subscribe today wherever you get your favorite shows.